Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd. Thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. 2 Chronicles chapter 33, verse 1. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. For he built the high places that his father Hezekiah had broken down, and he erected altars to the Baals, and made Ashtaroth, and worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. And he built altars in the house of the Lord, for which the Lord had said in Jerusalem, shall my name be forever. And he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he burned his sons as an offering in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and used fortune-telling and omens and sorcery, and dealt with mediums and with necromancers. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. And the carved image of the idol that he had made he set in the house of God, of which God said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of the tribes of Israel, I will put my name. And I will no more remove the foot of Israel from the land that I appointed for your fathers, if only they will be careful to do all that I have commanded them, all the law, the statutes, and the rules given through Moses. Manasseh led Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem astray to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the people of Israel. So here you have the story of Manasseh. Manasseh's father was King Hezekiah, who was a good king. And Hezekiah was the king of the southern tribe of Judah in the time when the northern tribes of Israel, Israel had split like a civil war years earlier, and the northern tribes had maintained the name Israel. Well, they went astray, they went into idolatry, they forsook God, and God ultimately took them away. And the southern tribe of Judah, although they had some good kings, wasn't that much better and ultimately would be taken to Babylon in captivity. That's known as the exile. So before that happened, you have this story of Manasseh. Now, King Hezekiah was going to die, and in his day, the prophet Isaiah was ministering in Judah. Isaiah was one of the greatest prophets of all time, and Isaiah was on really good terms with Hezekiah, and Hezekiah got sick, and he was about to die, and Isaiah came up and said, you know, the Lord says you're going to die, get ready, and Hezekiah then cries out to the Lord, and God says, okay, I'll give you 15 years of life. Hezekiah was healed, and he lived another 15 years. In that 15 years, he had a son named Manasseh. Manasseh grew up with a godly father, a godly king, He grew up with the influence of the prophet Isaiah, whom Manasseh would later murder, and Manasseh went off the rails big time. So he did all these things as king that were absolutely offensive in God's eyes. God denounces him. God ultimately takes him into his own exile to Babylon, where Manasseh repents. We'll pick that up in chapter 33, verse 10. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and to his people. That tells you right there that God's speaking to Manasseh, but they paid no attention. That's a sad state of affairs when God is speaking to you in your wickedness, and you're like, I don't want to hear it. Don't bother me. Verse 11, Therefore the Lord brought upon them the commanders of the army of the king of Assyria, who captured Manasseh with hooks and bound him with chains of bronze and brought him to Babylon. Now, the thing that the Assyrians were known for was their cruelty. 
That's the story of Jonah, if you're familiar with that story. God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh, the capital city of Assyria, and tell him that, hey, judgment's coming. Jonah's like, I ain't going over there. No way. Those people are evil. And so Jonah runs away, essentially, and God ends up getting his attention, and he goes into Nineveh really bummed out because he does not want to see the Ninevites or the Assyrians saved. He wants to see them judged. He calls for repentance, and they repent. And then he gets mad. These are the same Assyrians. So when it says with hooks, there's all kinds of things they would do with hooks, including putting a hook through your nose on a leash and dragging you along like a dog. I'm not sure how the hooks were applied here, but nonetheless, God tunes up Manasseh by taking him to Babylon in change, humiliating him, stripping him of all of his money, his dignity, his honor. Well, he really had no dignity, but everything that was precious to him. And in verse 12, it says, And when he was in distress, he entreated the favor of the Lord his God, interesting, the Lord his God, wasn't his God earlier, and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. He prayed to him, and God was moved by his entreaty and heard his plea and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. So he repents, and he comes back, and then he starts cleaning house and saying, yeah, I was pretty stupid doing all these things that God said don't do. So afterwards, he comes back, and he is restored as king, and he took away the foreign gods and the idol from the house of the Lord. I mean, he's putting these pagan images, these images of other religions that are offensive to God, he's putting them in the the house of the Lord. It's bad enough that he and the people are worshiping these things, but he's actually bringing them in. So he takes those out, he threw them outside of the city, he restored the altar of the Lord and offered sacrifices of peace offerings and of thanksgiving, and he commanded Judah to serve the Lord, the God of Israel. So he's like, look, I'm the king, I have had my eyes opened, and I command you to serve the Lord. Nevertheless, the people still sacrifice to the high places, but only to the Lord their God. So he had a positive effect on the people. It is really good when your leaders are humble people who trust God. In Psalm 33, 12, it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We see in our nation whose God is not the Lord. We have forsaken God for the most part, even in many churches. Not all churches. There's still some faithful churches out there. Thank God for them. God's still moving. He's still saving people. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. That means the blessing of God comes upon that nation because of his protection. When people are obeying God, then what happens is you have a society that is godly. And a godly society that we do not have, we have an absolutely wicked society, very much similar to the time when Manasseh was ruling. We have a society that has rejected God, but that doesn't mean every one of us. In the lives of people that choose the Lord, you see the God of Israel come to life in their lives. You see the same thing that happened to Manasseh. You know, and that may be you. You may have been wicked, doing all kinds of stuff, and God's finally like, you know what, I'm done. I spoke to you, and you ignored me. Now it's time for action. And then you're locked up. All kinds of things are happening to you that are bad, and you cry out to God, and he listens. You know, he doesn't have any obligation to listen, really, but he does because he's good, and he loves you. He loves all of us. But when we listen to him, and when we put away our foolish idols, We put away all those things, and we serve the Lord, man. That's where we see the beauty of God. That's where we experience his presence, his love, his grace, his mercy. And Manasseh experienced a truckload of mercy. 
So he's a good example of a wicked human being that did all kinds of evil. When it says that he sacrificed his sons in the fire, he burned his children alive to foreign gods. You know, that's kind of a hard one for God to overlook. But God forgave him when he humbled his heart. And God spoke to him in the midst of his evil. And in the midst of our evil, God speaks to us as well. So if you're off the rails like Manasseh was, just remember, God's mercy is great. I heard it said that the totality of man's sin is but a drop in the sea of God's mercy. So if you need mercy, cry out to the Lord. Humble yourself like Manasseh did. You have no excuse. If God can save Manasseh, he can save anybody. And he did save Manasseh. And you're probably going to see Manasseh in heaven. And that's one of them characters you're like, I can't believe you're here. But you know what? I can't believe I'm going there either. So trust in the Lord. Cry out for mercy. Remember these Bible characters because their stories are real, and God's mercy and grace minister to them in the same way that he ministers to us. So keep your head up, trust in the Lord, and be blessed. Thank you.